0: Today on the ZabeCast, as long as they keep going back to Carnoustie, they're going to keep showing and retelling the sad tale of Jean vandevelde Now we've got the Mike Tirico and Curtis Strange behind the music, and it's good. MLB All-Star Game is in the books. No extra innings, no rain delays. Thank God for that, and we're on to the rest of the season. Andy Poland is my guest, and we will make the next 45 minutes fly. So sit back, turn up the volume, put your phone on Do Not Disturb, and
1: let's go! Here we go!
0: Wednesday, July 18, 2018. Thank you for the download, and welcome to the ZabeCast, and welcome to Low Tide, the lowest of Low Tides on the sports calendar. Today is... Boo Ben Canop Day. If you tune into my show on the Team 980 today, 4 to 7 p.m. in Washington, D.C., also available at Team980.com. Is it Team980 or the Team980? I get that mixed up. Either way, you know where to find it. Uh, myself, Scott Lynn, and Sally will go through the entire Boo Ben Canop episode, soup to nuts. In fact, somebody put into the Ben Canop Wikipedia page, a little footnote that said, every day, every year on the day after the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, in which there is nothing else going on, a radio show plays the entire Boo Ben Canop audio from that famous moment. I don't know why it is, I just, I'm so geeked that that actually is in Wikipedia. It may not be there now, I haven't checked lately, but it, it used to be there. Somebody said, look, look what somebody put there. And I know how Wikipedia works. You can put anything you want in there. And then if it's not true or if it's just basically graffiti, then moderators will take it out. But apparently this was good enough to stay, at least for a little while. Funny how that is. So we got Andy Pollan coming up. Uh, we'll talk about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. American League won again. There was the most home runs ever hit in an All-Star Game. No shock there. That's the state of the modern game. It didn't rain, even though it looked very dicey both before the game and during the game. And they didn't have to go to extra innings, despite Scooter Jeanette tying it up in the top of the ninth inning. So it's a win-win-win all around. I think our town did fine with the game. Uh, I think the, the area that the ballpark is in, it's got still a long ways to go when it comes to development, but they're getting there. They're getting there, as you can see by all the cranes in the outfield. Building, building, building. Let's start with this, though. The British Open begins tomorrow. And yes, I'll call it the British, even though I know it's the Open Championship. There's nothing wrong with us Yanks calling it the British Open, because we have a United States Open. So the U.S. Open, the British Open, the British, the Open, whatever you want to call it. It's going to uh, going back to Carnoustie. It's at Carnoustie again uh, for the second time now since Jean Vandevelde in 1999 had one of the most epic, unbelievable meltdowns on the final hole of a major golf tournament that there has ever been. In fact, one of the biggest meltdowns on the final hole of any major pro tournament that's on television that there has ever been. And for years, I have always seen the replay. I have watched it. I've listened to it. I got a new perspective when I was watching Golf Channel on screen two last night. Yes, I have two TVs in my office. And I was watching the Golf Channel flipping the audio back and forth, and I happened upon Mike Tirico's new show on the Golf Channel called Vantage Point. Now, I'll admit up front, I am a complete and hopeless Mike Tirico fanboy. I think he is just fantastic. Fantastic at everything he does, and especially being a television play-by-play man. And a likable guy. So, I'm biased in that regard. But this was an excellent piece, because he got Curtis Strange, who is now doing some on-course commentary for Fox, who was the lead analyst on ABC at the time. Tarico in 99 was the lead play-by-play man. And the two of them sat down together to go ahead and watch and comment on that whole episode as it occurred, and to listen to their own commentary. This is some really good inside baseball behind the scenes broadcast ner- nerdery that I think you'll enjoy I know I enjoyed it at least here let's take a listen okay here we go from vantage you can boys. Get
2: comfortable here yeah please do a story of fairy tale proportions
1: Steve Melnick there carry a three-shot lead
2: to the last hole. Rossi, once he hit off this team now. You have a burn to the right and a deeper up on the left. Curtis, I've got to play an iron.
1: I think the only thing that can get him in any trouble is he drives it in the burn.
2: God rest his soul. Bob Rossberg. He really created the position of the on-course reporter. Right there. Before it happened, he started the conversation. Right before that. Our producer, Jack Graham, said in our ears, Rossi, Curtis, go. Everybody else, be quiet. Right.
0: That is awesome. Awesome. (laughs) I love hearing that shit. I love seeing how the sausage is made. Because you got to remember, this is, you know, nobody, even though 18 at Carnoustie is a very tricky, difficult hole, no one was really envisioning necessarily he would melt down like this, but you have to always be prepared. And so for the for the director uh, Graham to say to basically call out the signals in everyone's ears, okay, everyone shut up, this is Rosberg and this is you know Curtis Strange, two guys who've played who know what the fuck they're talking about. Go, that is fantastic, and and they were ahead of this. They were they didn't just go oh here he is on eighteen and let's see what he does and then react and then see what he does and then react. The entire broadcast was ready for this because they were thinking ahead. This is so good.
2: Everybody else be quiet. Right. To let this go. Yes. Because he knew about Rossi and how concise and to the point he would be. Rossi, just as you said that, the driver head cover came off. Boy, I'll tell you. I mean, any kind
1: of a two iron out here, and a five iron short, and a pitch, and then you go home the winner.
2: You are a three shot lead. Right. It's not how you win; it's that that you do win. Right. Hit a three iron, hit a four iron. But he hadn't been in this situation before. Well, true. It's part of it.
0: As yes, but I am a Frenchman. We live, we live without fear of consequences in life. We live fully and romantically. Hit an iron. Why? What for? Well, to win the tournament. Hello, you play to win the tournament. So, we fast forward ahead. I feel like I'm uh, narrating old Notre Dame highlights from the 1970s. We move ahead to uh, further action. Same set of downs. We move ahead to further action in this hole once a whole bunch of crazy shit has happened. After Vandevel just misses putting it in the water in the creek or the burn as they call it uh just misses it with his driver has a chance to now hit an iron safely into the middle of the fairway short of the green nice little pitch of about 50 yards onto the green two putts bogey winner winner chicken dinner no what does he do he takes out a long iron and tries to lace it at the green itself then it hits the grandstands then it caroms off the top of the wall of the burn you think oh my god this guy this this frog has a billion lives. He's the luckiest son of a bitch ever because he's he's missing calamity. He's now missed calamity three times. It ends up in the tall hay, and now he just has to pitch it over the burn and somewhere near the green to slop it up on the green in four and then two-putt for an easy double, which is a winner-winner chicken dinner. That he does not get it over the burn. He just he slows up on his pitch shot. He got afraid of it. It caught. The ball <laughs> fizzled into the water. And then he decides, well, maybe I can go play it down there. No fucking way. Rolls his pant legs up to his knees. Climbs down this steep uh, stone and brick embankment to get down in there. The ball's sinking because the tide is coming in this little channel way called a burn in which it leads out to the sea (laughs) and it was just crazy it was truly unprecedented and this is the line that i respect curtis strange for more than anything else and i'll explain why in just a second but here we are at this point in the comma tragedy that is jean Vandevelde.
2: We're getting ready to see a scene that is my most vivid memory of this whole day, is when he gets in the water with his pants rolled up and 250 cameramen are about falling in.
1: Not worried about the tie now, Curtis. He's just going for it all right now. Wow. The ball disappeared, Curtis.
2: He knows he can't hit this point. He doesn't know what to do. Right. He's in shock. Yeah, exactly.
1: Major golf championships have seen dramatic finishes in the last hole. I don't know if there's ever been a 70-second hole quite like this. Nope. Ever. Nope. This is one of the
2: most stupid things I've ever seen in my life, I have to be honest. Ooh. You didn't know what was coming. No. That comment. I'd already hit my talk back to Jack Graham, our producer, and said, Can I say this? He said, Go now. Yeah. And the reason I said that... Some people criticize me for calling him stupid. I didn't call him stupid. I, I was thinking about how this was going to come out. He was doing a stupid thing. But I have to keep my credibility for those people around the world that are listening to us. They're thinking the same thing. And if I say it, it reinforces to them that this is something that we've never seen before and how really stupid this thing might be. And 19 years later, still the most stupid thing I've ever seen in golf.
0: God bless you, Curtis Strange, 110% agree. I have to, for my own credibility, say this. And he was right. He didn't call Vandevelde stupid himself, although he was as stupid a Frenchman at that moment. He said this is a stupid thing that he has done here, a stupid thing. He has done something stupid, which we all do from time to time. Vandevelde is apparently a prince of a fella, and took his defeat in stride after he made the putt for seven to get into the playoff and then lose the playoff, the three-way to Paul Laurie and Justin Leonard. But he took the defeat in stride at the time, and he has taken it in stride ever since. His only lasting fame in the game has been, basically, this moment. He was otherwise a complete journeyman player who didn't really do much of anything. I don't even know how many tournaments he won in his career. But back to Curtis Strange. That's what I love about the way Curtis Strange thinks. He said, I owe it to the listeners. My allegiance is to those watching on TV. I'm the one here supposedly validating or enlightening them on what are they actually seeing here. Too many announcers today want to be friends and they want to be in the inner circle of, hey, pal, hey, buddy, how's it going? They don't want to be critical. Because it's a cushier life in there. You don't have to deal with angry agents. You don't have to deal with players MFing you when they see you. Like, why'd you say that? Curtis Strange said, in that moment, I owed it to the viewers to say what I said. And I love that he kind of cleared it with his producer. Like, hey, I got to say this. And again, great job by Jack Graham, the producer. Go. Hey, can I say this is the stupidest thing ever? Yes, go. Get it in there. Man, that must have been really cool in that truck producing that telecast when that happened because I've seen TV production trucks before they're very cool you know it's like a it's like a spaceship you get the get the director and he's the one that's looking up all these monitors okay take camera two all right hold on that's ready camera one okay we're gonna go over to him okay all right great hey listen uh he talks in the talk back to announcers I want you to set this up here it's a really cool team endeavor and everyone's doing their thing it's badass. But that was good. Curtis Strange has always been a black cup of coffee for a lot of people. He does not mince words. And sometimes that comes off as god this Curtis Strange is a real asshole. But uh, I think if, you know, from from other people I've heard from, they say no, he's just very brutally honest. And he's he doesn't really care about, you know, pussyfooting around with the little social niceties at times. He's just straightforward. Here it is. That was good stuff. The show's called Turning or Vantage Point. Tariko hosts it. It's uh, uh, aired, what is it, Tuesday night on the Golf Channel. I don't know how many weeks it'll run during the season or not, but uh, it was good. They also did a piece with the caddies. Uh, uh, Bones Mackay interviewed Greller and the caddy for Matt Kuchar about last year's British Open. And the drop that, you know, Spieth took after hitting the ball way up into the dunes and the hay last year, Uh, the drop he took to make the bogey to go on to win the British Open. So, eh. for golf nerds, you know, it's the kind of stuff that we like. Damn
2: you people, this is golf!
0: (laughs) I can't believe I'm listening to all this golf nerdery. Okay, fine. You're going to now listen to some baseball nerdery, so (laughs) that'll fix your wagon. And Drew Polin is our guest today here on the ZabeCast. All right, so the All-Star Game came and what? You didn't end up going, did you?
1: I did not. I uh, had some friends over. Oh, that's
0: right. You had a party. How was yeah. your watch party?
1: Uh, well, I had on, <laughs> if you're a longtime television viewer in the D.C. area, you may remember Joe Fowler, who preceded Steve Buckhantz at Channel 5 and then went on to be an infomercial guy. Infomercial uh,
0: King Joe Fowler was at your house. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, he- he, he's a huge baseball fan. He lives in Colorado, and uh, he goes to spring training every year in Arizona, but he also tries to make it to most of the All-Star games. Now, some years he goes to the Home Run Derby, like this year, yeah. and some years he goes to the game. And uh, His wife and his daughter came, and uh, we had a nice little cookout here.
0: Oh, very nice. Did uh, yeah. Did you send out any pictures of that last night on social media? Did I miss that?
1: I did not. Uh, was I required to do that?
0: No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. In fact, there's nothing wrong with that. I was just asking out of curiosity, and I think yeah. that's actually okay. We are all too damn oversharing these days with everything. You know? Yeah.
1: I mean, I I generally try to tweet out things that would be of interest to sports fans, and that's quite a reach back to 1986 when he was on Channel Five Sure. So sports. To, uh, to but there might Sports be a connection.
0: there might be a few people to go oh Joe Fowler wow yeah I remember him that's a great photo yeah. or just sort of checking in I felt that way during the game that you know there was times I felt compelled to tweet out something to prove to people Andy that I was yeah. watching the game and where I hate that sit? about Twitter oh where did I sit where did I sit yeah. but good question. So it turns out I'm driving down to do the show on Tuesday from outside the park at the little makeshift play ball park that MLB had set up, which I dubbed Mulch Park because it was just a city block with a lot of mulch poured on it and some different places to do things. So I'm going down there. I'm all excited. We got rained out on Monday, so I only did one hour out of the three. And as I'm driving down, I start driving into the most torrential rainstorm you could possibly imagine. And I
1: did see that on Twitter. See, I yeah. knew
0: that. Now, there you go. So so it starts raining steadily in uh, Ashburn, heavily in Reston, insanely hard once I'm inside the Beltway. And by the time I get downtown to Nats Park, it's a flat-out deluge. Well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at this point, we got to make a call. So uh, our program director, CJ, says, Well, I hate to ask you to do this, but if you can turn around and go back out to Redskins Park. That would be that be great, because otherwise the whole show's going to be wiped out. So I literally parked, made a phone call, pulled out of the parking lot, and went all the way back out to Redskins Park. A three-hour round trip of pointlessness. And on top of all that, CJ had two tickets that coughed up at the last minute in Section 107. Wow, and I had to say no. I could have gone back down again, like I could have gone back down. But I'm like, I do not have the stomach to go fight traffic yet again because I got off the yard seven. First pitch ended up being about eight twenty. I could have made it. Like this is what kills me, Andy, is they didn't never tell you when first pitch is actually scheduled for.
1: Well, you can figure it out. No, Fox broadcast. No, you can't
0: figure it out.
1: Yes, you can because because they introduce all the players. That's got to take at least twenty minutes.
0: Okay, if they say eight o'clock start, when would you quote figure out the first pitch would be?
1: I would have even thought later. I didn't. We actually missed the first pitch. We were still eating, so we got picked it up against bottom of the first inning. And uh, I would have guessed like eight forty because it's uh, there's so many players.
0: That well, wasn't have. eight? Goaches. It wasn't eight forty. I think it was eight twenty or thereabouts. Because yeah, that seems early to me. Early? Well, they said start time 8 o'clock.
1: Well, they always do that. Well, They, they my, did that with the World Cup, start time 10 o'clock was a one-hour pregame
0: show. I know. And when are we going to get legislation that makes that <laughs> illegal? <laughs> no, literally, this is truth in advertising. You don't get to say, here's a box of cereal. Yeah, what kind of cereal? Well, we're not going to tell you, but trust us, you'll like it. <laughs> there has to be some consumer protections, right? That drives me crazy. How do you feel about movie start times? Same boat.
1: Movie start times, yeah, that's that's really bad, and I'll tell you why it's really bad for me. Because I have an enlarged prostate. <laughs> so if I'm going to see... And the movies now seem to me longer than ever. Like, you used to have a movie sometimes an hour and 50 minutes. Woody Allen was great at making movies about that length. Most movies now are two plus, sometimes two and a half, right? Okay. So... I, I really
0: you need to know to, how long it
1: yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you know, some of them I've uh, like uh, American Sniper. I didn't make it. I I had to I had to bow out and uh, during the movie to go, and I don't like doing that. So yes, when the previews start, I try to time it for about so. You usually, go about ten minutes. So about six or seven minutes in, I'll take a bathroom break to see if I can make it through the whole movie.
0: I can imagine you coming back after going uh, piss at American Sniper. What I miss? Somebody got yeah. shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Thanks. Which did? Which guy got shot? The bad guy. Which bad yeah. guy? One of the bad. Yeah. The really bad guy. No, not him yet. Okay. All right. I'm up to speed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: pretty much. That was the movie. No, but you what know. what
0: frustrated me was that I didn't know. Like, if I had known eight twenty was first pitch, I would have maybe braved going back downtown.
1: Oh, but uh, if it was well, really
0: going to be eight oh five, then I'm like, eh. Now you could say, well, you know, it's going to be a three and a half hour game. What do you care if you miss the first? So you
1: can't, you can't flip the script on the L theory that you could, instead of leaving early, you could arrive late.
0: Always arrive the the Al the Al theory. I guess I'd have the an arl. A, the Arl yeah, always. The yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: did you I, do yeah. That?
0: No, I did not do that. You know the the uh. allure of home is so strong these days in sports it's it's damn near undefeated because you see so much like i got to listen to the incredible conversations joe buck and john smoltz were having with mike trout and bryce harper while the game was going on did you like those
1: that's true it's true and 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 they've made the home experience so good that you're absolutely right. I think it's one of those things where you want to say you were there. Now I'm betting how many people were there Monday night for the home run derby? 42,000. 42, yeah, it was 000. a full house. Yeah, five hundred thousand will say they were there.
0: Well, sure. That's the this lie about you were there. Oh, I was there. It's great, man. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: yeah. that's that's what that's where we are in sports. And you you get so much detail at home that you can have a great description of being there, and nobody would ever know that you're lying. Right.
0: Well, yeah. and, and, and you could say, well, you could still go to the games, Abe, and then you could watch, you know, either on social media or some website's going to have the conversation of Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, and then you you watch the game, you could DVR it. Well, things start stacking up, even in the dead of yeah. summer. Things start stacking up. When am I going to get time to go watch an all-star baseball game after I went to an all-star baseball game?
1: Right, right. Well, here's something uh, that I'm sure you've talked about on your show. I just didn't happen to hear it, but... Did you hear what they're going to do in Tampa? No. With the new stadium for the oh. Rays?
0: Oh, wait, hold on a second. That new stadium has not been built nor approved yet. So don't that's count true, it but don't count it as a done deal.
1: But but the plans are to make it a 30,000-seat stadium. And that is the future. That's where it's going. Because that that's how people are going to consume sports. They're going to make it so friendly with all the access to, you know, all the feeds and, and Red Zone Channel and all, all those things that, that make the home experience so great yeah. in a small stadium. That's that's what, you know, when they were building stadiums, especially for football where you put 85,000 people in it, that's not happening anymore. Did I that, not outline,
0: Did I, I agree, I did I not outline to you what my concept was for a sports theater? A yes, high-tech sports theater with uh, TV feeds and whatnot. What would have been great yeah. is if you could have been sitting at Nats Park watching that giant TV screen with the sound of Joe Buck interviewing Mike Trout while the game was going on in front of your face. Now, that might have been a bit distracting to the game at hand, so maybe you take the audio out and you let people listen in on little earpieces that you hand out before the game.
1: Well, I mean, that's not really new technology. People used to bring Watchmen TVs to games and put the... You know, and and you remember the, the the famous one when the Mets won the World Series in '86, and the Redskins played the Giants that same night, and the Redskins had the ball, and the moment that Jesse Orosco, I believe, closed out the game, right, there was this wild cheer, and Schrader was totally thrown off, and he fumbled, and and it was because the, all the people in Giants Stadium were watching yeah. the Mets on their Watchmen TVs.
0: Yeah, well. I, I really think that if 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 sports is going to compete with the home experience, they've got to put the home you know experience in the stadium. Like you can't right. just say, "Well, we have a jumbotron here at Nats Park, and it shows great replays and other in-game entertainment." No, 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 no. It's a TV. You know yeah. what you put on the TV? The game. Yeah. Well, we we yeah. got our own in-house feed. No, no, no. Put on the yeah. Fox version of the game. Like, make yeah, it I slept the game.
1: Here, I spent money. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, although do I you park. think
0: do you think then people will say, wait a minute, why did I spend all this money when they're just showing the game on the jumbotron? I could have done this at home for free.
1: No, but but I think the communal experience is cool still. Uh, and I think that, that there are, you do see things. You have your choice of what you want to see when you're at the game, whereas yeah. on TV you watch what they show you.
0: What did you uh, – I know I saw – I did see a tweet about this, about uh, how great it was that Bryce Harper won the home run derby. I, I said it had to be top five of non-game moments in D.C. sports history. Would you agree?
1: Uh Oh, boy. to um, kind of think non-game moments there's not there's um, not a
0: lot of them like there's not a lot of exhibitions you know a right. lot of these things are you know saying something at a at a rally whether it's Ovechkin or whether it's our friend Rigo passing out yeah. under the table as a moment <laughs> nobody ever saw yeah. it but it was confirmed by multiple people um yeah it was it was very cool though like as i thought about it and i talked about this yesterday the bookends of the greatness of Bryce Harper in town might have been that was the back end bookend if they end up not making the playoffs and he leaves and the first great moment was him walking into that softball game on the mall as a teenager
1: yeah that was great yeah you know, that that was but but i think what we saw was just how incredible he can be and that if he leaves and he goes on to become this great superstar and wins a lot of World Series. We'll say, boy, we really should have seen the greatness in the home run derby and paid him whatever he wanted.
0: <laughs> I guess so. But you think, like I do, that he's as good as gone.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I think they made that decision when they gave Strasburg the extension. And the learners can afford to do it, but they're not. that's not the way they operate. They, yeah. they you know, and I think – You know, the de facto general manager, Scott Boris, even realizes that. And here's what I wonder, too. What Bryce is saying about Dave Martinez, is that being coached by Boris to kind of, you know, raise the value? Like, hey, he might be willing to take a hometown discount unless you really give us an offer that blows our socks off. Because, look, he's finally found the manager he loves. He loves Davy Martinez.
0: Really? I don't
1: know. Yeah. Um, but I did think, you know, the, the hug that Martinez gave him after he won the home run derby was a little over the top. I mean, I don't even know if Lesorter would have done that in his heyday <laughs> with the Dodgers. It, it, you know, yeah. it had a, it had an odd kind of look to it. Now, partly because Martinez, even though he's in his fifties, still thinks he's a player. And, uh, and I think that there, there's some of that, that there's this kinship of guys who played together. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. that, that's the way I felt.
0: How'd our city do? As a whole, hosting this thing,
1: I think we did well, and I think I think we've had a good spring. The, the parade for the caps was great.
0: Yeah, it think? was. It was. Yeah. But how, did you? Were you not put off by all the cranes in the background of the um, uh, outfield fences? I know there's hopefully. nothing you can do to avoid it because there's massive construction going on as that quadrant of the city is rapidly ramping up to being a pretty nice place to be, but. It just looked, it looked bad. I thought.
1: Well, uh, I have sort of a prejudicial view of this, given that my family owns some apartment buildings a few <laughs> miles away. <laughs> so, so
0: those those cranes to Andy Poland are a beautiful sight. That's the sight of yeah. cha-ching, cha-ching. Rent's going up. Rent's too damn high. <laughs>
1: Let me, let me put this in another perspective. When I had my first job in Port Arthur, Texas, uh, where all the refineries are yeah. and, and the smell is, is never ending of, of you know the refinery
0: fumes smell, of, yeah.
1: Yeah, refinery fumes. And so I made mention at one point to somebody who lived there, boy the the smell here is pretty powerful, she said. Hey, it's put bread on my table for twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, overall, it's a it's a nice park. It does not have any character. I don't no. think. Uh, it's no. A, well,
1: the, the remember we we had a tour of that John Myers I know. who was uh, working for the Nationals at the time when they were building the park invited us down. Like so like I still have my Nats hard hat.
0: So uh, do I, I somewhere. Yeah. Here,
1: in German town, and uh, and what they were selling was, hey, sight lines to the monuments, and when <laughs> you can't opened, see any monuments, yeah, unless you yeah. count a parking
0: garage as a monument, you can't see well, shit. In the down upper there.
1: deck, in the upper deck, if you could peer around this tall building that the learners own, uh, you could <laughs> perhaps get a view of the Washington Monument. But the thought of you know sitting behind the plate and viewing uh, the mall. That, that didn't happen, and yeah. it's not going to happen now because all the construction that's going up, it's boomtown down
0: there. At least, though, there's a lot of restaurants now. There's a lot yeah. of stuff Good there. I was, I was blown away. It's been a couple of years since I've been down there, and I was like, oh, okay, now we're finally rolling here, but it's still so disjointed with construction and whatnot. It's a... Uh, It's got some tidying up to do. But we'll get there. We'll get there. It doesn't happen overnight. I mean, this is not how uh, Chinatown got transformed when the MCI Center moved in. It was a slow build.
1: Right. And it's it's a lot more housing down there than I thought there would be. And there are a lot of people my age not making the move further in the suburbs like I did, but actually going to downtown apartments and townhouses there.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And that brings us now to the low point of the summer. You being a longtime sports radio veteran, how do you view this lowest of low tide before the football waters start coming in for the upcoming fall?
1: Well, what do we? Uh, we're only like ten days away from training camp, right?
0: Yeah, but this is—I always look at this day, the day after the home, the All-Star game—as all. Absolute low tide, like the water is as far out on the beach. There's fish flopping around. There's no <laughs> games tonight. Like this is the one day a year. There's no games, although I guess there's the ESPYS, right?
1: The ESPY Awards, yeah. Which uh, at one point they used to tape them and run them on another night. Uh, early on, they did them uh, right around the Super Bowl, or right after the Super Bowl, and then they That's changed right. it to an L A. Yeah. red carpet event. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, we've, 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 we can, you trot out the old, you know, favorite sports movie. And, uh, I guess you can't do, should Pete Rose be in the hall of fame anymore?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is the, what is the ultimate sports radio evergreen? Because one of them used to be, I got an idea for a college football playoff because right. a playoff did not exist. Now a playoff exists. It's still not perfect, but you can't really trot that one out. The Pete Rose well, in the hall of fame thing. You say Pete Rose hall of fame is dead. Why? People could still argue that.
1: They, they could. The, the, the one thing that came out a few years ago, which, which really killed it for me, was that they had found betting slips when he was a player. You know, you could still hang on to, well, he had a Hall of Fame playing career and didn't start gambling till he was a manager, so right. he wouldn't go in the Hall of Fame as a manager, blah, blah, blah. Now, they've you know, he's a complete you know, complete dirtbag, so okay. it's hard,
0: so that's hard done. to defend it. The new, one of the new evergreens could be LeBron versus Jordan.
1: Yeah, that you got that one. Uh, you also have uh, should they pay the players? Ah, it's a new one. Yeah, you can always find Jay Billis available for that. Um, <laughs> and
0: did you see Josh Rosen? Now that he's an Arizona Cardinal, actually put together a comprehensive plan on on what to do to try to make college sports more equitable. I actually respect him in that he actually put some effort into it. It's a complex thing in which there's escrow accounts and a, quote, clearinghouse, and you got to opt into marketing, and you only get the money at the end of the uh, run if you graduate from college. It's like a whole other layer of bureaucracy you'd have to apply to the NCAA.
1: And it wouldn't avoid any corruption, so there'd be some somebody would find a way to, you know, try and bend the system. Yeah. So it, it, it's interesting, but you know who else did this some years ago and had a comprehensive plan like this for graduated salaries for the longer you stay was Jason Whitlock. And, interesting. You know. Yeah. You can, graduated it.
0: graduated NBA salaries or NFL salaries.
1: I think it was mostly for for college basketball. Like, if you stay for your junior year, you get X amount more in senior year, etc. You get it Uh, from who?
0: From the NBA or from a a pool of money the NCAA sets aside?
1: Yeah, the pool of money that, you know, all the money that's coming in from television, the NCAA tournament, things like that. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, Of course, you 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 know, if you're the NCAA and you're running a business here, you'd look at it and say, why are we paying all this money to guys who are so mediocre they couldn't go anywhere in four years and barely played. This guy got six minutes a night, stuck around for four years. Now we got to pay him a hundred grand? What are we doing this well, for?
1: That that would also well that would also what what they've done now, I think Maryland does it and most Big Ten schools do it. Scholarships are now four years. So when you start paying, it's just like a regular job. So you get a one year contract. And if you stink after your freshman year they can cut you loose, and you can find some other place to play.
0: Interesting. By the way, who are mm. you going to vote for for best international athlete in the ESPYs? Uh,
1: I, I, I There was a lot of names that blew by on the World Cup. Uh, I, I have. <laughs> You'll vote for I one of no them. Idea.
0: Uh Who are you going to who going to vote for best jockey? <laughs> <laughs> That's an award. That's an ESPY. Who are you going to vote for best bowler? Because that, that's an award as well. <laughs> Earl Anthony, is
1: he still alive?
0: <laughs> no, I don't think he's alive, and I don't think you can vote uh, for him. What the do you troop? do? If, if, last year, Jason Belmonte won best bowler in the ESPYs. I wonder if he has that on his trophy case somewhere. Does he bring people around to go, yep, 2017, ESPY for best bowler. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty good.
1: In, in, in his world, that's a big deal. Uh, look, I I just moved to my new house, and I mounted my Jewish Community Center Hall of Fame plaque.
0: Well, you should. World. You should. You're a I Hall of Famer. Still. You're yeah. a Hall of Famer. So Something I, st- st- I still am not a Hall of Famer, not in anyone's Hall of Fame. High School Hall of Fame, Broadcast Hall of Fame. I'm a nobody. I'm a palooka. You, sir, well, are a Hall of Famer.
1: L- Lynn Langley High School have a Hall of Fame? Probably. You should be in it.
0: Sure I should, but I'm not... Yeah. And I don't yeah, care to be, because you know what? If they vote me in, I'd have to dress up, put on a suit, <laughs> and go somewhere. And then, and then that would just take me away from my house, so screw it. Fair All right, way. so we yeah. get the SBs, low tide in sports, and then we start ramping up on the other side uh, of what is going to be another great ride in sports. I love the cyclical nature of sports, I really do.
1: Do you, do you temper, I mean, I guess we've all learned to temper our enthusiasm this time of year, but because the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, oh. does that make it
0: more, the Redskins?
1: you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't see it's, it, it's like,
0: I don't see it with us, and, and I have no such delusions.
1: Yeah, I mean, Why? Super Bowl, yeah, I'm, I'm just talking playoffs, because <laughs> it, it looks like the Eagles should be the best team in the division again. And you got to figure between the other two, Cowboys and Giants, that one or the other is going to be better than the Redskins, and it's another you know seven and nine ish type of season, right?
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned the Giants and the and the Cowboys. Those are two very interesting wild card teams. And by wild card, I don't mean they're going to necessarily win the wild card and make the playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know which way they're going to go. Dallas did very little to replace the so-called stars they lost in Witten and Dez. And they <laughs> think they're going to roll out with Dak Prescott finding a new number one receiver somewhere on their roster. And they didn't really address it in the draft. So that yeah, to no, me is true. That to me is fascinating. Yeah. And then the Giants, new coach, same Eli, crazy wide out in Beckham, and this running back whose legs. Have you seen the Saquon Barkley leg shots?
1: Oh yeah. His, his, his numbers at the combine were like, he, he's qualified in every category, including like lineman deadlift as, as forget the numbers,
0: Andy, forget the. Have you seen the pictures of him in the gym? Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're crazy.
0: Those knees, those, those legs. So I don't know, you know, I don't know which way the Giants are going to go. I don't know which way the Cowboys are going to go. Just like you know, the Redskins could go either way as well. Everyone presumes the Eagles will be good, but let's let's hope they have a Super Bowl hangover. Let's hope.
1: Yeah, that's what Ben McAdoo that Wackadoodle said uh, <laughs> last week. They they they're, they're getting they're getting a, an incredibly motivated quarterback back in Carson Wentz. I mean, they they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Think about that.
0: I know. Yeah. So, are you, are you I, gonna, I don't see it. You gonna watch the British Open at all? You know, tigers yeah, in it. I
1: like it because it comes on early. <laughs> and,
0: uh, of course, you do. <laughs> and
1: yeah. and, and I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, we used to pick the kids up from camp uh, this time this week. They would go for a month, so th- this is when we would pick them up. And uh, I remember coming home and watching John Van explode. Uh, <laughs> and oh yeah! Forget. And this you, is I'll the course.
0: This is the course where Van did explode.
1: Oh. God.
0: Yeah. And uh, there's a great there's a great piece uh, by uh, there's a new show that Mike Tarico has called Vantage Point on the golf channel. And he mm-hmm. sat down with Curtis Strange and he talked through the two of them because they were both on that call back in ninety nine on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe it was ABC actually. And it was, it was interesting. ABC. It was interesting the way that they talked through it, like, okay, here's what we're thinking. Here's what we said during the break. Here's what the director said as uh, Vandeveld came to 18. And they watched it over together again. It was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know, they did a, a, one of those, not a 30 for 30, but one of those type of, you know, featurey things. And Vandeveld said something like he, he didn't really care about winning the British Open. And, like, they had an interview with Jack, and he was pissed. What do you mean? You don't want to win the British Open. What do you mean? It was, it
0: was really funny. I love your Jack Nicholas way better than Scott's Evil Jack. You are the originator of the. Let me do a quick impromptu, high pitched, squeaky voice, Jack Nicholas. Um, by the way, one last thing. You saw where our boy, Uncle Brent, is back in the saddle again. Yeah. Brent Musburger to call Raider games starting this year on radio. How I put out a tweet that? about
1: that. If if and I don't know if the NFL has any say over this. I don't think they do. But if they say, Oh, okay, that's good, then that's, you know, kind of tacit approval of legalized gambling associated with the game because you know you know part of the deal is brent's going to be given point spreads and you have know, parlays and all kinds of things during the games so you, you know that's going to happen
0: yeah i think the nfl they've been they've been whistling out both sides of their mouth on this issue for a long time we're against it we're opposed to it got to keep the integrity of the game oh there's a lot of money going to be coming in all right we'd we be cool with this but we want to cut the NFL, like yep. all these leagues, they just want their cut at some point. But, but, but Brent getting back in the booth? Do you think he'll be good on radio? Because he's always been a TV oh, yeah. guy.
1: He well, he did. He, people forget he did uh, NBA and I think NCAA on radio for a long time. So he's he's just a pro. I mean, he's he's great at everything okay. he does. I don't know. At seventy nine, maybe he's lost something on his fastball. But uh, no, I think I think this is going to be a, a great thing and a uh, guy. Bob Papa or whatever his name is, has been doing a long time. Uh, Greg. Papa be out of a job.
0: Greg Papa Greg did Papa. it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, but, sorry, Greg, move yeah. over. Uncle Brent's coming in.
1: Yeah, but I, I think, you know, the, the fact that Brent, in a very short period of time, has become kind of the face of legalized sports gambling, don't you think?
0: Yeah, and he's been the Pied Piper of it. Like, come on in, everybody. Right. Yeah, welcome right. in. The water's warm. You know you want to gamble on sports.
1: It, right, is, right. it is
0: amazing just to think that this is finally where we are now after how gambling was viewed when we were doing shows together 15 years ago.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a glorious new day, so there we go. All right, Andrew, always a pleasure. Uh, glad your uh, watch party went well. I uh, hope Joe Fowler is doing super, and away we yep. go. Low point of the season, low point of the cycle, and then we're, it's all up from here on out. Very good. All right, Andy, thanks, bud. All right, we'll end with this today. I don't even know how to process this. This is such a humiliation. This is such a defeat. This is, this is such an unthinkable thing that I'm about to read. After my years and years of railing on the evils and the stupidity of vertical video, people that are too dumb to turn their phone sideways when filming to get decent footage, this store, I can't believe this. But here it is. Awful announcing reports the NBA shot two Summer League games in their entirety in an aspect ratio of 9 by 16 instead of 16 by 9, or standard high def. This to optimize them for unrotated phones and highlights. On services like Snapchat and Instagram. Reports awful announcing this might become a wider alternate feed option at some point. Well, it won't literally become a wider alternate feed because it's not wide! And like that spoof video about vertical video is the worst. Your eyeballs are not stacked on top of each other, so why would you want your video that way? wider alternative meaning there might be more outlets that say yeah here let's go ahead and make this for phones you know even i admit that millennials get blamed for too many things you know for killing uh, quick quick service food joints and uh, that, 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 all kinds of stuff millennials getting blamed for i will say this these these millennials with their stupid fucking watch everything on their phone straight up and down don't care about turning it sideways too lazy to do so you know what? You, you All you people that look at videos that way, you can rot. I don't care. I'm confident in saying this is going nowhere. I mean, it's going to be dabbled with. It's going nowhere. It's not going to take over. It will not take over. Because again, look at all the investment we have in standard 16 by 9 sized equipment, televisions. And the fact that that's just the natural way to look at things. We're not going to go buy a bunch of TVs or buy new brackets to stack our televisions vertically. Yeah, but, well, no one watches on TV anymore, don't you know that? Oh, yeah, well, a lot of people do. I do. And eventually, these millennials looking at shit on their phones straight up and down, they're going to get rid of their phones at some point or not get rid of them, but they're going to go ahead and say, yeah, I should probably just go and watch TV. And they're going to watch TV the way your eyeballs want to watch it horizontally not vertically all right that'll do it for today you know the drill tell two friends hit up a reddit thread or a message board about how great this thing is download subscribe at all the major podcast outlets leave a positive review and rating we thank you for that and always remember the only time it's a good thing you're wearing a wire is playing outfield in the mlb all-star game otherwise wearing a wire it's bad it's really really bad